Well, welcome uh, to One Community Church. Um, this is our first Sunday in 2024. Um, Happy New Year to everybody. Um, it's really exciting to think about uh, what this year is going to bring and to celebrate who God is and, and uh, to think about a new year. I know when we come around a new year, we often think about new goals, uh, new things that we want to do, new places we want to go. Maybe if you're like me, you, you've established some type of a, a New Year's resolution, right? And we think about moving forward in a brand new year. But before we do all of that, I want to take a moment and actually talk about what it means to get rid of the old. Because uh, often what happens is that the old a- actually acts as some type of hindrance towards us often and keeps us from moving forward. And so we're going to talk about in the next couple of weeks what it means to have new perspectives, what it means to think through all of our regrets, all of our old, and what God wants to do in the midst of all of that so that we then can move forward with him and what he is wanting to do in our lives. Um, uh, we're going to be here in the next couple of weeks after that. We're going to then pick up a brand new study um, through the book of Genesis. And so it's going to be a great time in, in, the, in the church family to work through that together over the next several weeks. Uh, but before we do all that, let's take a moment just to think about the old and how do we get rid of how, What does it mean for us to address the old in a way that we can move forward? I'm going to invite Jenny to come to the stage, and she's going to read for us from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Uh, verses 16 and 17. As she gets set there, let us pray. Father, we thank you uh, for this time that we get to be in your word. And Father, may we take a moment to, to look at our lives in a way um, that, that you see our lives and what it means for us to move forward by, by letting go of the old. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. From now on, then, we do not know anyone from a worldly perspective. Even if we have known Christ from a worldly perspective, yet now we know, yet now we no longer know him in this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Uh, from the blog Inside Out, um, there is a stat that is given about New Year's resolutions. It says that. of American adults make New Year's resolutions. And so that's almost, it's not quite half the people um, in in America, but it goes on to say that only 9% actually keep them. I know that's not necessarily good news uh, if we we think about a new year and and keeping New Year's resolutions. I I know for me, uh, my resolution was to get into the gym more than I did last year. And it's, good, and it's easy for me because if I go one time, I've accomplished uh, that, that New Year's resolution. And I've already done that. I've been twice uh, already uh, this year. Come on. So I'm working on it. I don't want to be in that 9%, right? And uh, I have some things at the end that might be helpful for you, practically speaking, as you work on changing things in your life. But today what I want to speak about is not, is not what changes you can make, but what changes God wants to make in your life. It's not about our work. It's about his work. And today we're going to talk about that and and look back on what old in our life needs to be let go of and what changes he then wants to make in our lives. I love the passage that Jenny just read out of 2 Corinthians, and we're going to jump into that a little bit later today. But before we do, I want to give you a story 
uh, from the life of Jesus. Um, it's in the Gospel of Mark, and uh, Mark chapter 2. We're going to be in Mark's Gospel uh, this year in 2024, uh, right after Easter. And I love uh, the Gospel of Mark because it's often talked about as the Gospel of Action. In it, you see that Jesus, he spends less time teaching and more time doing in the gospel of Mark. There aren't these long discourses of teaching. Instead, you see Jesus at work in action. And what that means to me is that there is an active work that Jesus is doing in my life, and it should be reflected in how I actively live my life. And uh, it produces a type of faith in Jesus that isn't just head knowledge, but actually is based on how we then live our lives. As we jump into Mark chapter 2, we, we see that very thing. And there's this truth that I want us to step into this morning. The truth is this, that embracing the new is essential to life with Jesus. That's what 2 Corinthians 5 that was read for you is talking about. We're going to dive into that. But also what Jesus is demonstrating here in Mark chapter 2, just to catch you up a little bit of context um, we know that there is some tension between the Pharisees and Jesus and the way that he is leading his disciples and the life that the Pharisees and the rest of the Jewish people have always known. And so there becomes this, this tension, and they begin asking questions about how Jesus is leading and what his life is about. This particular question that they have for him, beginning then in verse 18, is about fasting. It says this, now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. People came and they asked him, why do John's disciples and, Pharisees and, and, and the Pharisees' disciples fast, but your disciples do not? Why is it that the people that are following the, the, the ways of the, the, the Jewish people, the people of God and, and the Pharisees, why are they fasting, and, and why is John the Baptist and his disciples, why are, why are they fasting, but Jesus, your disciples are not? What we see here pictured is that Jesus begins to, to talk about a whole new way of life than what they are used to. This is something that, that, that continues to, to push the boundaries of what, what they have known as Jesus is asking his followers to step into something that is brand new, to embrace the new that Jesus has to offer with what it means to follow him. One of the cultural things here is that, is that the Jewish people during this time, uh, especially the Pharisees, they would fast twice a week. Twice a week because they wanted to make sure that they were doing whatever it took to please God. Now, that's not what was commanded by them. Actually, tradition said uh, that they needed to fast one day out of the year on the Day of Atonement. We see this in Leviticus. I just want to read this verse with you really quickly based out of Leviticus chapter 16, verse 29. I think I got it on the screen here for you because I don't want to go back and try to find it in my Old Testament. Here we go. This is to be a permanent statue for you. In the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, you are to practice self-denial fasting and do no work both the native and the alien who reside among you. So God did give them a command to, to fast on the day of atonement. Uh, but the Pharisees and, and created this culture where they wanted to do not just what the law required, but even more than what God had asked of them. So they were fasting twice a week, but yet Jesus and his disciples, they weren't fasting at all. So I had this question, what, what, why 
are you doing this? What is this about? They didn't get that Jesus had a new way of life that he was inviting them into. And so he begins to, to answer this question for them by talking about a wedding. He says this in verse 19. Jesus said to them, the wedding guest cannot fast while the groom is with them, can they? As long as they have the groom with them, they cannot fast. Now, a little bit about Jewish culture in this time. Uh, when there was a wedding going on, it usually was a multiple-day celebration. And during that celebration, the, they were free, the wedding party and the groom and everybody, all the friends, they were free not to obey certain laws. One of those was fasting. They were free from fasting during the wedding celebration. Why? Because it was a celebration where you had food and drink and you were with people that you loved and it was supposed to be a, a, a very enjoying moment. This was a time during a wedding that you, that you don't fast because of what is happening. There's a new way of living during this particular week because of what's going on. Jesus is comparing himself to the bridegroom. And he's saying, when the groom is with you, you don't fast. Because it's a new way of living while he's with you. It's a, it's a celebration. It's a time to be enjoying life. It's a time to, to come together with him. He's introducing a, a new way of living because of who he is. And he's, he's inviting everyone to embrace this new life that has been offered to them. He knows that there is a problem that he needs to address. And I think it's a problem that, that we need to work through too. That I think we experience some of the same things that maybe some of, the, of John the Baptist's disciples and maybe some of the Pharisees, what they might have experienced. And here's the problem that Jesus addresses. Blending Jesus with our old life doesn't work. Blending Jesus. With our old way of living, it just doesn't work. I want you to imagine for a moment that you take your, your old home phone. You know, remember that? It's set on a wall somewhere in your home. Anybody? Am I, am I, am I dating myself, right? <laughs> or maybe in your apartment or something. You have this old phone that was, when they wanted to call you, they called your house. There was a moment where, in time where that existed. They called your house. And there was, in that type of way of living, it was when you were, you know, going out and you're meeting up with someone, you're just trusting that they're going to be there. There was no way to get in touch with you other than calling the house, right? Now just imagine taking that old phone and trying to put like new app technology on that phone. <laughs> Doesn't work, does it, right? Or imagine taking a brand new cell phone with, with all of the apps and everything, the smartphones that we all have, and just making that your home phone, putting it on the wall and never using it for anything other than people calling your house to speak with you. It's not what it's for. It's not what it's intended for. Jesus, he addresses this problem that these Pharisees and the followers of John the Baptist potentially have in their lives by giving us two similar illustrations. He talks about um, an old garment and he talks about old wineskins. They both have some theological significance as he talks about them. The first one is found in Mark 2, verses, verse 21. I'll read this for you. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the new patch pulls away from the old cloth, and a worse 
tear is made. I think we get that, right? If you, t- if you take like a, a new patch and put it on an old garment, once you wash it, like it's going gonna, it's gonna to shrink itself and, and, and pull away. Well, the, the theology behind this is pretty significant. When you think about garments and, uh, w- within, within Scripture, often a garment is depicted as a covering for sin. Uh, we're going to get a little bit of a teaser here by looking at the book of Genesis and see the first garment that was made and that was given for a covering for sin. It's in Genesis 3, verse 21. The Lord God made clothing from skins, from killing an animal, for the man and his wife, and he clothed them. Why did he do that? Because they had sinned, and they were living in guilt and their shame. And so he takes an an animal and sacrifices it, and then takes the skin from that animal and covers it. This is a picture of what's going to happen one day when Jesus is sacrificed and we are covered in his righteousness. Here is a picture, though, of this old garment. And just trying to blend in what Jesus is doing with an old way of living. What happens is that if your life doesn't change because of Jesus and you just treat him as just something else that you can add to your life, maybe he's got some good teaching or just someone that you can look up to, when you just treat him like someone that's adding to your life, but your life doesn't change, it doesn't lead to anything good. Matter of fact, our relationship with God is still broken if we don't see him as Lord and Savior. And our life continues to, to get worse. It continues to spiral out of control. So we can't just blend Jesus into an old way of living. We need, we need the new righteousness of Christ. We need to be clothed in that so that we can experience a connected relationship with God that leads to a life that we want. He goes on to give us another illustration that has theological significance as well. This is the, the parable of of the the wineskin and the new wine in, in verse 22. I'll read this for you as well. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins and the wine is lost as well as the skins. No, new wine is put into fresh wineskins. Now, I, I don't have to make too much of a jump for you here for you to understand that wine was meant to be enjoyed. It was given primarily for enjoyment. It was often drunk at a wedding, right? A celebration of a wedding. But what happens when we try to blend Jesus into an old way of living? The picture is this new wine that because of fermentation, it bursts these old rigid wineskins instead of putting it in new wineskins that can flex and grow. When we just try to blend Jesus with our old way of living, what happens is that we still have a broken relationship because we haven't trusted in him as our Lord and Savior, and it leads to emptiness, uh, a false religion, much like what these Pharisees were experiencing, this rigidness of if we just follow the rules, and if we just do good enough, then, then we'll have the life that we always wanted, a restored relationship with our God, enjoying and being satisfied in him. But that's not true. We can't do what it takes to have a connected relationship with God. We can't do what it takes to have a restored life with him that we are experiencing joy and satisfaction in him. No, really, this change that Jesus is talking about 
And this change that he wants you and I to have is something only he can do. It's his work. It's his work. He is our savior. He is our Lord. It's not based on us trying to keep the law. And that's what Jesus is getting at with these Pharisees. This isn't about you trying to do whatever it takes to be right with God. No, it is me who's making you right with him. Embrace the new. Embrace the new as you follow Jesus. Paul, he starts to talk about this a little bit in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5. And I just want us to turn there for a moment as we see this, this gospel truth. It says, we are a new creation. And the old life is what? It's gone. It's gone. It's not about blending the old life with the new life. No, God is at work. If you put your faith in Christ, God is at work. There's a, a new creation happening in you. And the old life is gone. The new has come. That's what 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says. We'll, we'll read that again together. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. Faith in Jesus and his work makes us new. But what is the new that Paul is actually getting at? What is he talking about? What's the new work that, that Jesus is doing in us for those that have put our faith in Christ? Well, I think the best way to look at that is to look at this verse in context. So let's back up and let's read verse 16 together. It says, from now on, then we do not know anyone from a worldly perspective. Even if we have known Christ from a worldly perspective, yet now we no longer know him in this way. The change that he is working on in me and in you as we have put our faith in Christ is he is giving us a brand new perspective on life. How we see this world how we see people in it, how we see ourselves and, and our story, how we see him. That, that's what Jesus is doing in our lives in making us brand new. He's having us see things the way he sees things, to see it how we should be seeing it, to see it correctly, how it was meant to be seen. He's changing those things in us. So many times we hold on to our lives and the, the, the old way of doing things, and, and it's because we have failed to embrace this perspective change that Jesus is wanting to make in our lives. He's wanting us to see our relationships differently. He's wanting us to see our jobs differently. We don't just have a job because it's what we like to do or because we need to pay the bills. No, the job that we have is something to be used for his kingdom and for Jesus's purposes. What Jesus wants to do is he wants to redefine our life, the way that we see life, the way that we see people, the way that we engage with people, the way we think about things, the way we think about our futures, the way we think about him. That's the change that he is up to in our lives. Now, I know what that does for you because I know what it does for me. Uh, you know, making these New Year's resolutions to be in the gym a little bit more. I, I'd carved it all out. I, I'd, 
had went through and, and mapped out like a, a training plan uh, for myself, getting into the gym plan. I, I was going to go three days a week, and I set up, you know, what first day was going to be like a little bit of cardio, and then I was going to do like some leg work, and then the, the, the second day would be like upper body, and then, and then finally core, right? So I had like a plan mapped out. I actually went down to the gym and looked at all like the different equipment that, that was in my gym and thought, you know, I'm going to use this on this day, this on this day, set up a little plan. I actually had some videos I was going to watch with my earbuds in, I got people encouraging me as I run on the treadmill, like, you got this, you can make it, just one more, one more minute, right? I had it all planned out. And the first day was cardio and then leg day. And so I got done with the cardio work and I, I, get, I clocked in a good, a good three minutes. That was good for me, start small, right? Uh, so it was good for me on that first day. And then I went over to the machine that I was gonna work with on my leg day. And guess what? There was somebody there. They didn't get my plan. <laughs> they didn't reserve that machine. They were there, and, and I was a little bit intimidated by them. They're a little bit bigger guy. And it wasn't like, hey, I'm working on my plan. You can step aside. No, I, I, I backed away, and I just kind of, I did my own leg exercises in the corner somewhere, thinking, I don't know, does this help me in any, in any way? I, I was intimidated. This guy threatened me a little bit just by being there in my place, messing up my plan. That's the way we feel sometimes. We think about Jesus coming in and changing our lives. We're holding on to the old because we know it. We put our faith in it. We trusted in it. And it's a little bit threatening for us to think that Jesus wants to come in and change it all. It's threatening because our faith has been built upon these old ways of thinking our hope has been found in these old places. Even though we know that they only lead to destruction and they lead to us feeling empty, we put our faith, and it's hard for us. We feel threatened that, that, that God is somehow going to take everything from us and destroy it. All the things that we've built up, all the hopes that we have. The picture here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, is a beautiful picture of new creation. What, it, what does it say in verse 17? It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. We're not talking about a God who wants to destroy. We're talking about the source of life. You have been created to be with God. You have been created to follow after him. You have been created to see the world like he sees the world, to engage with people like he would engage with people. He is the creator, the source of life. This is not a threat. This is an opportunity for you to live and to be satisfied with the life that he has for you. Let go of the old way of living. Embrace the new because within it is life. Our response uh, this morning is simply this, to release your hold on the old and allow Jesus to show you the new. Now, here's the thing about our old way of life, our, our sinful, broken way of life where we try to fix our lives. Here's the thing about that old way of life. Before Christ, before you put your faith in Christ, it had complete power over you. You were a slave to sin. 
whatever, whatever your old way of life said, you just followed. You couldn't do anything but sin. It had complete control over you. But as you have put your faith in Christ and we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, sin no longer has power over us. Our old way of living no longer has power over us except for the power that we give it. There's something that God wants to do in your life this year that is brand new, an amazing work where he's wanting to show you what life is all about. But we have to release our grip on the old way of living to, to let go and allow him to work his newness in us, to show us the new. We have an attachment. We, our grip is so tight on that old because we've trusted in it. We put our faith in it. We've hoped in it. But the source of life is said, follow me. Follow me and I will give you new life. Let go and let Jesus change your perspective. Let Jesus change the way that you see things. Let him do a new work in you uh, this year. I've been reading a couple of uh, books that have helped me out with my my New Year's resolutions. Um, I, I got a, a book here for you um, that, that's recommended uh, called Atomic Habits um, by James Clear. It's on your sermon notes if you want to look at that. And he has several different things to think through as we think about creating brand new habits in a new way of life. And one of the things that he says is that is that you need to start small. You need to start small and build momentum. I think that's good. I ran three minutes the first day and the second day in cardio, I ran 10 minutes. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I'm building momentum. We're, we're doing this, right? I'm working hard at it. I hope not to be part of that 9% that fails. <laughs> I got good news for you. The gospel work is this, is that Jesus doesn't start small. <laughs> he starts with extraordinary, huge things by making you go from death to life. That's huge. That's not smarting, starting small and building momentum. In an instant, he can change our lives. Our God is powerful. And the, the promise that we can hold on to is that our God isn't a part of that 9%. Our God will never fail. The work that he has started in you he will be faithful to complete it. I invite you to let go of the old and to embrace the new that is found in Jesus. Just take a moment just to bow your head this morning. I'm gonna ask a couple of questions just to help us think through what the Holy Spirit might be speaking to us. Listen to his voice as I uh, read through these for you. How does seeing yourself as a new creation strengthen your faith? How does seeing yourself as a new creation strengthen your faith? Secondly, have you tried integrating Jesus into your old life unsuccessfully? Maybe that's a sign, it's not gonna work. You can't just integrate him, you can't just blend him into your life. You have to surrender your life to him. Where are those places where you tried to just blend him in? 
Let me take a moment just to confess those. Finally, how does Jesus as the bridegroom change your perspective on the world and him? How does Jesus as the bridegroom change your, your perspective on the world and who he is and the work that he's doing in your life? Our Father, we thank you for a brand new year. We thank you that you have been faithful through it all. And this brand new year has so many opportunities where you wanna work, where you wanna continue to change us. I pray that we would be a people that put our hope in you, find our hope in the creator, the source of life, that you would help us loose our grip on those old ways of living, those ways that we've trusted in ourselves too much. God, we know that you wanna do a whole new work in us and we wanna be a part of this with you. So just give us the strength to trust you. Give us the strength to let go of those old things and help us to move forward in this year with you. We thank you for Christ. We pray all of this in his strong name, our God who never fails, who does new things. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to stand. We're gonna sing in worship as we close out today.